0: I am yours. I am yours. I am yours. Send me, Lord. I am yours. Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro Life Podcast. This episode, we talk about how to help a mother who's in a domestic abuse situation get out of that circumstance. Join us as we look at this biblically and practically. Send Send me, Lord. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. Appreciate you guys joining us. And uh, we're going to jump right into our subject today. And it's a subject that we've just recently, it's not that we've recently faced it, but it's just we've recently honed in on this subject. Right. And it has to do, of course, with sidewalk counseling. Mm-hmm. It has to do with what we call hard cases. Mm-hmm. So it's beyond dealing with a mom and you know all of them to these mothers of course are hard cases but to us there's some like next level situations that we deal with right like the health of the mother is at risk the baby has some kind of fetal abnormality and then this situation which is domestic abuse and domestic yeah. violence is another one of those hard cases we do trainings here in Charlotte we train our sidewalk counselors and uh, we sort of start with surface level stuff, foundational stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we do a second training and that's where we really focus on the hard cases. And we really haven't focused on this particular hard case, but right. I think with some of the information that we've gotten now and some of the interactions that we've had recently with moms coming to the abortion center, we, we understand we need to focus in on this. This is a, this is a big issue. Some yes. of the statistics that you've dug up mm-hmm. really do help us to understand how big of an issue this really is. Right. And so I want you to go ahead and jump in with some of the statistics, some of the situations, Okay. But first, why are we covering this? You've dealt recently yeah. with some women that have yeah. had this Yeah, this I've had on.
1: three cases in the past few days of domestic violence where I knew it was domestic violence. They told me I've probably had many, many cases in the past and never knew. It's a deep, dark secret, very difficult for the women to leave the situation. Fear is overwhelming. And it the, the woman I talked to today said that uh, the guy tried to shoot her. Mm, wow. So, I mean, it, it's... Uh, It's a very serious issue and uh, we need to know how to deal with it because I will be very honest, some of the strategies I've used in the past actually probably put those women in increased danger and I had no idea and I'm sure I'm not alone. I'm sure that there are other people who have not really studied domestic violence, but they're, like me, trained in dealing with abortion-determined women, but not with a really great understanding of of the mindset and what's involved in in domestic violence and in how to best help those women out of a domestic violent situation. Sure. So this was really valuable, I think, for me in learning, looking over the research, and finding out some facts about domestic violence, and then working through some strategies in that we could impart to other sidewalk yeah. counselors.
0: Yeah. So we've done in the past, uh, and I believe we did a podcast about it, but I know we have an article out on the Sidewalks for Life website dealing with hard cases in the situation of rape. Right. And you actually did a training video about that that's on the Sidewalks for Life site. Yes. Yeah. We're also going to put an article about this out on the Correct. Sidewalk for Life right. website to help equip you who are out there on the sidewalk to deal with these hard cases. So hopefully as we dive into this podcast You'll be able to get this information. You'll be able to apply it out there on the sidewalk. Or maybe if you're working in a pregnancy center, I'm sure in pregnancy centers, I know, they're encountering these sort of situations. So how do we deal with these situations? What are some of the statistics? It helps us to know the numbers in order to know the magnitude of the problem so that we can understand this is a problem we need to address. Right. So you've written an article. We're going to throw it out on the mm-hmm. Sidewalks for Life website so mm-hmm. you guys can access that. But stick with us in this podcast because there's going to be some important principles, some stuff that I've learned, some stuff that you've learned, right. Vicky, yeah, and some stuff that hopefully we can teach you guys.
1: Yeah. To show you the enormity of the problem, some of the studies indicate that more than a third of women who abort abort. Are in a domestic abuse situation. Yeah. That's a pretty staggering number. That is.
0: When you told me that statistic, I, I, I was pretty amazed yeah. that th- this is a massive problem. Yeah. And I know that even though it's not a situation that I've been cued in on, uh, like probably more and more as I'm paying attention to some of the things that you're sharing I'm going to recognize some of these markers more and more. Right. And I'm going to see. It's like this f- problem going on under the surface. And once you scratch that surface, you begin to see, oh, wow.
1: That's right. And it's not just an academic understanding that, oh, oh good, now we know how many people out right. of the 19 are here are domestic abuse. But it it, it will change how we interact. It should, yeah. based on, I think, based yeah, on what I discovered anyway and, and what the research shows, that there are some things that that we can do that are very counterproductive to that woman's safety and to trying to help that relationship to become a healthy relationship.
0: Yeah. And I think also these situations where we're talking about, you know, we, we did a podcast months and months and months ago about women that come to abortion clinics are not victims. Right. And that's true. They're not victims. That baby is the victim. But there are situations in which women are victims of other circumstances. That's right. And we need to understand that. We need to meet them where they're at, never justifying abortion. Abortion Mm -hmm. is never the solution Mm -hmm. to domestic abuse, domestic violence, to sex trafficking. Yes. We'll do a podcast, hopefully in not too long, we'll do a podcast about that because Mm -hmm. those situations, just like domestic abuse, domestic violence situations, a lot of times the abuser uses abortion as a cover-up. Same thing with sex trafficking. The trafficker uses abortion as a cover-up, and that's been well documented. So we'll touch on that here, but the, the point of this is that if we are cued into these situations, the reality is there are women that are going into that abortion center that may not outwardly appear to be victims of domestic abuse and domestic violence, there are many that are, and the statistic that that you're going to share kind of helps that, or some of these statistics. And that one third statistic, one third right. of women that are having abortions yeah. are in these situations, is a staggering statistic. Yes, you, from what the statistics tell us, it's one third of every of all women will have right. an abortion. Right. So if you think about that, one third of one third. So I mean, staggering number of people that are affected by domestic right. violence yeah. and domestic abuse. And we need to understand that yeah. these are some of these women we're encountering at the abortion center are in these situations and we need to understand that. So hop into okay. some more of what okay. you've got there.
1: So. Um, OK, well, we'll go right into some of these statistics then. All right. There's no doubt that the issue of abortion and domestic violence are linked. Then. Yeah you know, a third of the women are involved in domestic violence. So approximately 5% of U.S. women have had an intimate partner who tried to force sexual activity that would result in an unwanted pregnancy on them in their lifetime. Estimates of domestic violence in abortion patients range from 12 to 35%, and that includes sexual, psychological, and physical abuse. The Results that in indicate a positive relationship between physical violence and the number of abortions that a woman has had. In other words, the the more abortions a single woman has had, the more likely and the increased incidence there is of domestic abuse. And we see that all the time out at the abortion center that women have had multiple abortions. Yeah, absolutely. It's actually rare to come across someone who's only had one, Yeah, honestly. So that, given what this research is saying, there's a pretty good likelihood. You see a woman who's had eight abortions, she could be. That's, that's something to keep your eye open. This could be someone who is a victim of domestic abuse. Women seeking an abortion are more likely up to three times more likely to have experienced domestic abuse than women who continue with their pregnancies okay, so just by the very fact that they're there having an abortion, that tells you right away the likelihood of of abuse is pretty high in in these women uh, let's see here this is interesting. Unlike pregnant women who are going to be receiving prenatal care, you know, twice a month, sometimes even more with with a doctor. So they're seeing a medical professional on a regular basis. And so there's accountability. They have that opportunity to talk to the doctor and say, hey, the doctor will pick up on clues and can maybe expose sexual abuse. But in a woman who has an abortion, that's not true. She is not having that regular medical visit by someone who might recognize the signs. And so the sexual abuse goes on and on and on. Yeah.
0: And that goes back to that, you know, these two things tied together, just like sex trafficking and abortion, domestic uh, abuse and domestic violence tied together with abortion in that the abusers are using abortion as a cover up. It's that same dynamic. Abortion is not a solution to a problem. Yeah, it's it's in addition to the current problem that's going on.
1: What I found in the lady that I spoke with a couple of days ago, and this is true of many, many victims of domestic abuse, they are often mirroring what they saw growing up. Yeah. They're, not only the men are becoming abusers because they saw their father abuse, but the women are seeking on some crazy psychological, I don't quite understand it level, they're seeking people who are abusers. Well, it's
0: one of those dynamics where you're comforted almost by, I don't even know how else to say it, but it's what 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 you're used to. It's what what you know. Mm -hmm. And it's a sad reality. Mm -hmm. Now, in all of what we're talking about, we never leave God out of the equation. God can intervene and God will intervene if if, um, people surrender to him. Even these abusers can ultimately get saved and and come to the Lord and confess their sin and own up to their to their crimes. Um, so God is in these equations, and, and God, of course, in all of our conversations with a, a woman at an abortion center who's in a domestic abuse situation, we're we're bringing God into the equation. Right. God is good. Mm-hmm. Your abuser is not a representative right. of the lord right. your father maybe her father was abusive also because that can be yeah. it's like this this crazy cycle so he's not a representation of the lord right. the lord is not like that right the lord is merciful and gracious and so we're always bringing the gracious truths of god's word to bear in these situations yeah, as and well. i
1: will tell you sometimes that is difficult because they have known nothing else they have only known abuse at the hands of those who were supposed to protect them. Yeah. And for that, they're probably the hardest ones in my experience to counsel, because when you talk about the goodness of God, they will flat out say, not in my life. I right. haven't seen it. Yeah, And so, I don't say that to discourage us, but to say, dig deep and, right. and, and figure out how you can respond in a biblical way to a statement like that, because it is not uncommon. Yeah. I hear it a lot. Um, so this is a, a really important one. Elective pregnancy termination, abortion, among women with sexual abuse, was associated with sexual assault, lack of control, over contraceptive choices and coercive decision-making. And that coercive decision-making is really, really an important thing to think about and dwell upon because these women are being coerced, not only in whether to abort or not, but in every choice in life to the point where they no longer are making choices. They are letting someone else make the choice for them. And I, I say that and, and emphasize it because the last thing we want to do is to play into that. We right. don't want to be seen as a coercive force. Yeah. And so I'm going to talk later on when we get into strategies about how we can ensure that that we are yeah. not.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We don't want to step into the role of the abuser ourselves and be coercive and manipulative because a lot of these these abuse situations are, you know, these. These men are manipulators, and they're doing, as you mentioned before, it's not just physical abuse. Some of these situations is not physical abuse at all, but it's emotional abuse, mental abuse, um, which can be sometimes even worse. Yeah, some of these situations definitely.
1: So, and the women who had uh, not informed their partner about the abortion were three times more likely to be victims of abuse. Than women who did inform their partner. And again, that's a really important thing to know because oftentimes a woman will drive into the abortion center and the man will come over and talk to us and say, I had no idea this was an abortion center. Yeah. And we have always, at least I have usually felt like, Oh, the poor guy and well, you know, I mean I don't yeah I don't say what a creep that woman is, but I feel bad for the guy and I feel I feel harsher towards the woman when in fact that could be a tip-off, that that woman is in an emotionally or physically abusive relationship. She sees the abortion as the only way to escape this, this terrible life that, that she doesn't know how to escape. And she knows that if she has this child, not only is she now further tied to this man, but the statistics also show that abusers use the children to further control the woman, threatening the woman with, you know, the safety of the children or whatever, yeah. but they also abuse the children quite yeah. often.
0: Yeah. I know when I encounter those situations, as a man, maybe it's a little different. It definitely is a little different for yeah. me when I'm talking to another man who comes over to me and tells me, you know, I don't want her to have the abortion. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if it was up to me, she wouldn't have the abortion. I like to actually dig a little deeper in that. Yeah. Because what I've discovered is a lot of times those words – are only really a fig leaf, a covering that he uses to actually take the guilt of the abortion and what he's feeling, because he's feeling guilt, even though he might be a total dirtbag. Right. Um, he's feeling guilt. but He's taking that guilt and putting it all off on her. Mm-hmm. When in reality, if I dig a little deeper, I find, well, he drove her to the abortion clinic. Right. He paid for the abortion. So he's trying to tell me and trying to make me believe that he doesn't want her to have the abortion. Mm-hmm. And yet he's the one who drove her here and paid for it. Okay. Yeah. You're communicating something. These are mixed messages, buddy. Right. You need to own up to your part in this thing. And I think it is sort of that dynamic going on. There's just mm-hmm. manipulation and this control mm-hmm. so that now he's absolved of the guilt of the whole thing. And then later on he can use his, his uh, manipulative abusive power over her and Lord the abortion over mm-hmm. her and use it as more ammunition to be more abusive toward her, right? So it's a really vicious cycle, and it's a really deceptive way, and it's a horrible thing to do to another human being.
1: It is, and it's um, from what my research and then my subsequent conversation with a domestic violence program told me was most women don't escape a domestic violence uh, situation until really they have hit rock bottom. Either their life right. is in danger. They've been almost killed," she said. "They will leave six or seven times before they will finally leave for good. From so, it's a very, very hard issue to to deal with. And so, when you say she
0: said that, you're you're referring to a lady that you reached out here locally because in looking for resources and dealing with the three moms that you're dealing with now that have come to the abortion clinic and they're involved in a domestic abuse situation. Yeah. And this is what we do. When we encounter a situation, we try to dig for resources. We try to find anything that we can, resources, organizations to plug these women into because we're not the experts on these subjects. We're not the experts on domestic abuse and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So you've dug for some local resources. So talk a little bit about what you found out and some of the principles that the lady you talked to shared that can help us, that can help you guys who are listening to be more effective and more careful in dealing with these domestic abuse situations.
1: Right, right. Well, I'll I'll give you a little bit of a case study cuz okay. it will help the the woman that I encountered a couple of days ago because it will help in understanding as I was talking with the person from the our our local pre, um domestic violence resource so the woman a couple of days ago now, well,
0: just do want to make make sure folks understand okay. this is not an organization that's like part of our life network no this no. is a secular organization it is anyway secular, so exactly. some of the principles you know i don't say take them with a grain of salt but we need to process them through the word of god but these people have been involved in these situations more often than we have and they've learned And there are some principles that I think we can glean from that. So that's just a little caveat as we're talking about this, guys.
1: And that was the tension as I was talking with her. She was very open that the woman has been— she has felt a a loss of control to such a degree in every area of her life that she no longer has taken control of anything. She is completely controlled by this abusive man. And the domestic violence person told me that— one of the most important goals for them is to return control to the woman. And she flat out told me, we're not trained to deal with abortion. That's not what we're dealing with. We are trying, our major focus is the safety of that woman and restoring to her what she has lost, that sense of control. And she was very honest. She said, if that means that that woman is going to take control and have an abortion, we are there to help her to regain control of her life. The safety of the baby is not our focus. Right. So, of course, to me, that tells me, all right, then there are, I don't know if I want to say dangers in referring them sure. to a domestic violence program, but there are things I'm going to want to be sure to impart to that woman Right. before... I refer her to that program, and maybe we can talk about that a little bit later as we go into the stretch. Yeah, and maybe
0: this is a point where I can just mention to you guys who are listening, Mm -hmm. maybe there is. We did a little bit of googling, yeah, and we've looked for nationally some Christian organizations because what we don't want to do is we don't want to refer a woman to a domestic abuse organization that's gonna. Maybe try to convince her to have an abortion. I mean, right. we certainly don't want to do that. We want to and I do want that. to be
1: careful to, uh, in saying that because the the woman I spoke with was very careful to say it's not that we would convince them. Sure, that's not their goal, but they do want to restore that loss of control. And do, in so doing, they may yet make a choice for abortion. And they're not going to. It's not that they're supporting the choice for abortion; they're supporting the ability to take control sure. of their choices yeah. and not have someone else controlling their choice. Right.
0: And so they're taking I guess a neutral approach right. to abortion. Right. Yeah. Which to me it's it's neutrality on the issue of abortion can be abortion's gonna be destructive to that woman. It's right. not gonna be helpful. Right. So right. anyway, I mentioned that to say you guys who are listening, if you know of some national organizations that are solid Christian organizations yeah. that can deal with domestic abuse and domestic violence situations please shoot me over an email, dparks at citiesforlife.com, yep. Vicki V. at citiesforlife.com, and just let us know we'd like to connect with those organizations. We'd like, we'd like to have that because we like to make a list of resources to mm-hmm. meet these needs. And if I can put a mom on the phone with an organization that can help talk her through and walk her through the situation that's a Christian organization, I'm going to feel a lot better than just kind of throwing her over to some secular organization.
1: Absolutely. We are a gospel-centered Ministry, And we absolutely would always prefer if we could connect the women with a Christian resource. And when we can't and they need help, we do connect with secular. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. But this organization specifically provides emergency shelter at an undisclosed location. Okay. But she said that their housing requirements are—they're very stringent for the women who will meet the the requirements to to go into that program. And it basically— means that that woman is under imminent threat of, threat of death right. or, or severe physical violence, which actually the woman I spoke with today was. Yeah. She okay. had been shot at by her boyfriend. Wow. So they, they also provide 24-7 hotline counseling and then resources that are specifically tailored to help the woman. They give strategies so that if the woman will not leave the situation, which as she said and statistics show is rare— the for the women to finally leave takes a long time, it's rare, but they know the strategies that help the woman to defuse an explosive situation and to stay safe. Yeah, and I can't, I'm not sure I know those strategies, I'm sure I don't, right? So, I even asked her, Well, what could we tell the women? and she said, To tell you the truth, the absolute first, most important thing you need to do is get them. The Domestic Violence 24-Hour Hotline. She said the people on that hotline are trained to deal with it. It is very complex. It's multi-layered, And you're not going to know in a 10-minute or even an hour talk with me what is what is the best thing to suggest to these women other than connect with the hotline. Yeah, okay. So that was the first and most important thing she said, connect them with, with the hotline. She said... A second thing that was really important was that the abuser has complete control over the woman's life. And if the abuser has control and is, is still living with her or still in her life, which in many cases is the case, he will have access to her phone. He will read her text. He will read her emails and, um, and he will monitor where she's going, who she's seeing, who she's talking with, she said that is a given in, a, in the controlling atmosphere of a domestic violence situation. Therefore, giving your, texting that woman after you've spoken with her could put her in more danger. Because if he perceives, very important point, if the man perceives, the abuser perceives any loss or lessening of his influence and control he is more apt to become increasingly violent. Yeah. So what have I done every time I've sent a woman off with our list of resources and I'm going to sign her up for a mentorship program? I text her. I text her almost immediately, say, how you doing? And, and then I'll text her off in that same night, the next morning. And when I spoke with the, the expert, she said, don't do that. You you are putting that woman in increased danger because he will find those texts, and he will take it out on her. Yeah. So um, one of the things she said that they do is they have the woman, give the woman the phone numbers that she needs to contact, write them down, make sure she has them, and tell her when you are in a safe place with a secure phone, you call me. Yeah. Okay, and that's really hard for me. Yeah, because I know that if a woman has chosen life, those first forty-eight hours are critical in sticking with that choice for life. But this woman, uh, the expert said, the woman's safety is really in jeopardy if you are texting and calling her. Yeah, so that was a really important tip that that she said, um, returning control as much. As possible to the victim of domestic violence. So as you're talking with them, think about that. How do I give back control to this woman? We don't want to give back control in terms of saying it's okay to go have an abortion. But as I was thinking through strategies, which I think we'll deal with later, there are some things we can do that still allow us to do what we do and give our message God's message, but have the woman still feel that it is in her control, not ours. Yeah. Um, Safe and secure housing is very difficult and very limited. We know that already. Right. Just in just a typical situation, not a domestic abuse situation. But if the abuser, if the abused woman tries to leave the abuser, he will find her is basically the sad bottom line. Yeah. And so uh, the organization that I spoke with does not disclose their housing. It is, it is undisclosed secret housing that only the woman and her counselor through this organization know about so that the abuser is not tipped off where to find her. Um, in most cases, it is very unwise to offer to drive the woman home or even to a safe place. If the abuser sees it, you have just increased her danger. Yeah. And I know we've driven women home many times because we know the man is really angry and we know the woman is afraid and we offer a ride home and that is not, according to the expert, that is really foolish and okay. da- and even yeah. dangerous, not only to the woman, probably to us. This is a violent human being, yeah. Who who sees now this woman is exposing him, and he's losing his control over her. So, again, something I had never known or thought about, but I will now. And also, I think. Throughout the nation, I know the sidewalk counselors that I interact with are some of the finest people on earth, the most giving, the most generous people I know. And I hear over and over and over again stories of driving women to safe places, to to even the counselor's home or driving them home. And now knowing, okay, a third of the women you interact with, at least, probably, are victims of domestic abuse that is probably not a wise thing for us to do yeah yeah not just for our safety but for the woman's safety so um thinking about how we interact with the man is very important too i i've heard countless times and i've i've agreed with it uh step up, be a man. Yeah. You're a coward. I mean, I don't know if I we call them a coward, but um kind of suggests that. Yeah. You know, if if not directly. So think about it. You're facing a man who being in control of that woman is his that's what he is feeding off of. And if if there is an attack on him, imagine what that's doing to that mindset. Oh yeah. So, we, we still have to do what we know God has called us to do, right. right? And that's beyond a shadow of a doubt. Bring God into the equation, share the gospel, but now, how do we do it? With all this information, and at first, I just sat home and thought, I have no idea. I felt I honestly the, the my first response with this information was kind of to feel paralyzed. Yeah. That's not where I ended up cuz God. God always yeah. God always gives us great wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. And um you had started or told me when we had started discussing this about a biblical passage and I you know honestly I don't remember what it was but if you come up with it I I remember thinking when you were talking about it it had to do with control and I remember thinking that's really a good passage to share with people in this situation so if it comes to you okay if it, if it comes back to you, mention if it because it, 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 it was If it comes back good. to my
0: mind, I will share it. It with was you. good. Trying but to think but of there what are some. You're talking about.
1: Yeah. There are. You do think you remember? No, me? I'm trying to think okay. of the passage
0: that you're talking about in particular.
1: Well, so so, here's where we are then. What do you do with all this? What are some key strategies or ideas in how we deal with the women and the men now that we suspect a domestic abuse um situation so you want to hear what i came up with and i'm sure, sure you'll have you'll have some other ones but i may
0: you probably have got them all covered though but let's see we'll
1: we'll see okay first of all just think about it if you're an abuser are you content joyful your heart filled with peace no you're probably no. a pretty pretty
0: miserable pretty human miserable
1: being. human being and remember that Remember that: this man, an abuser and the abused, are people that are not healthy. Right. They are not spiritually healthy, they're not emotionally healthy. And so know that while it may be buried very deep in their psyche, they want out. No one wants to be an abuser. Many of them have lived abuse their yeah. whole life. This is all they know, and or I'd, I'm i not going to discount that there isn't evil, outright sure. evil and demonic possession, but I think it helps to, to remember neither of these people are in a place where they really want to be. Yeah. And what's the answer to that?
0: Well, it's bringing the Lord and his truth yeah. into the equation, bringing yeah. the fact that God rescues and saves all who come to him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I thought the first thing would be to state facts. Yeah. Be very careful about name-calling, especially, well, in, to both, both to the abuser and to the abused. The, the abused has had enough name-calling to last her a lifetime. Yeah. And the abuser is, we already know, a violent, controlling man, very immature, very unhealthy dealing with loss of control and if he's hearing what he feels is challenges to who he is in his control you're probably going to make the situation worse.
0: So if I call him a, a scumbag or yeah. a dirt bag I think I did that earlier. Okay. But I still believe that men that abuse women are scumbags. Yeah. So. But yeah. I probably wouldn't call him that to his face certainly yeah. in that scenario. Right.
1: So what's your motivation though? Is your desire that that he goes home and beats her up? Obviously of not. Of what can we do that will be less likely to result in her being attacked? And sometimes I think that is going to mean that we're going to need to hold back on some of the stuff that we really feel yeah. and believe in in how we deal with him.
0: Yeah, because we want to make sure that, of course, we want to protect that baby. Right. Because you know, the scenario is at the abortion center, here's a man, here's a woman. It seems that maybe there's an abuse situation going on. We want to save that baby. We want to reach that woman. And we care, regardless of what other people say, we care about both that woman and that baby. Yeah. And we care about that man too. But yeah. as far as our primary objective, we want to we want to save that baby. We want to reach that mom. And so I think, and you tell me if I'm wrong, okay. I'm going to focus my conversation and my speech toward her. I'm going to be as gracious as possible, of course, if I perceive that could be the situation. And I'm probably not going to say, which I might be inclined to say, but in the conversation that we're having, I'm thinking I'm probably not going to say, if he's abusive, come over here, we can help you. I'm probably not going to call it out like that because it's probably not going to be helpful at all and it's probably going to make things worse.
1: And I know I have called that out before or something yeah. similar to that. Maybe not that directly but similar and now I I agree with you. I would not call that out. So state facts, facts about the humanity of the baby, facts about useful resources, facts about biblical truth of the sanctity of human life, and the goal is if if you state the facts and the truth of the gospel, but in a factual manner. This is what the Bible says. This is what's true about the baby. This is what's true about the resources we can offer. You are giving the woman the ability and the tools to come to a conclusion on her own, first of all. You're not coercing her. You're just saying, these are the facts. Yeah. And 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 you're giving the right. abuser... An opportunity to hear some truth that he might not otherwise take in, such as the truth of God and, yeah. and God's clear desire for what a family is supposed to be, and I think that was the story that you told me that I can't remember, but about what a man is supposed to be and his yeah, goal. well,
0: that's Ephesians chapter five um, and it speaks of husbands love your wives as Christ loves the church. Mm-hmm. And rather than lording your power over her and abusing and manipulating her, you're supposed to lay your life down for her. That's what we're called to do. We're called to, rather than um, take advantage of women and children, we're supposed to protect them. And the example here in Ephesians chapter 5 is of Christ. What did he do? He didn't abuse his church. He actually lays his life down for his church. That's the example. Love your wife as Christ loves the church.
1: This is by and the so, way, exactly this is what what you were saying earlier on that I thought this is perfect this, the I think this chapter, these verses they're not specifically targeting hey, you abuser, yeah. you control freak, you you violent man, you're giving right out of scripture the truth of who Jesus was and what he commanded all men to be,
0: yeah right, yeah, all absolutely and, that, and that is the biblical truth, right, and that is how even though maybe society at large and other cultures and things like that, even people who claim to be Christian have over the years made manhood and and the authority that God gives us as men a license to abuse and take advantage of and manipulate and lord their power over their their wives or the women that, you know, are supposedly under them. That's not the way the Bible views it. Leadership in a biblical context is servant leadership, Mm -hmm. serving your wife, loving her, laying your life down for her. Now, I'm not going to go into a whole thing about leadership and and the structure of family, but as far as God's God's word is concerned, men are supposed to be leaders, but not tyrants and certainly not abusers, but those who lay their lives down for those who they're called to lead.
1: Yeah, and I think that this would be a whole other podcast and not one necessarily that is our subject, yeah. but the submission issue I can see being used easily, twisted, yeah, in absolutely. a twisted and corrupted manner to support almost, not at direct abuse, but sub, sub, but feed into that abusive mentality.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, abusers, people will use whatever means they can to manipulate people. They'll use yeah. the word of God. They'll use yeah. whatever they you know they can come up with to use. But God's word certainly is not in support of that sort of behavior. God's right. word is against it. Right. Again, husbands love your wives as Christ loves the church. Yeah. He gave himself for her. So that's yeah. that's a biblical reality.
1: Yeah, and the and the truth of scripture is that even to a man who is as despicable in many ways as as one who would abuse a woman or a child, even he can be reached by the power of Scripture. Yeah. And, we, and we can't forget and it's that. it's the Holy Spirit's work in, that's in right. their hearts. And that's what's not in the secular domestic abuse programs. And so I'm not saying just hand these women over to these programs and pray that all will be well. I think we have a an absolutely God-ordained critical role to introduce the gospel. And I'm just suggesting maybe there's ways we could do it that might be a little bit different than we are right now in yeah. light of, of this yeah, information. Absolutely. Okay. The the second one we kind of touched on avoid accusatory or condemning language or name calling. Yeah. Counterproductive. Number three, if the woman has lied to the man about the facility being an abortion center, consider the possibility that she fears his anger and control and it's an abusive relationship because it's going to alter how you speak to the two of them. Yeah. By the way, things may be different if the woman comes without the man, or if the woman comes with the man. If she comes without the man, you're going to be able to really talk with her very specifically and, and give her the important numbers and have her call you. If the man is there, you're going to have to be a whole lot more careful. Sure. Given the link between abortion and domestic violence, I think it would be a great idea to add a direct question on any medical intake form. Are you the victim of physical Okay. So
0: in particular, you're talking about, you know, if we're talking about uh, pregnancy centers or Mm -hmm. like what we have here, the mobile ultrasound unit, uh, having that as a question, it would be important.
1: And I think if we counsel women car side or on the sidewalk, it should just be part of our regular questioning, knowing a third of the women statistically or in domestic abuse, I think it should be one of the first things we ask. If the man's not there, if the man is there, if you can get her alone and ask her privately, but are you in any danger? Does he hurt you? Is I think just be direct, be blunt, and um, give them that opportunity to answer. If they're ready at all to leave the relationship, hopefully they will answer that. Look for opportunities to provide her with the domestic abuse hotline, but you've you've got to try and do it without the abuser knowing. If we don't have it on our literature, it should be. Because if it's nestled in with a whole bunch of other resources, it's not going to red flag the abuser who might be looking at the resources. He might just be looking at, oh, look, there's all these resources. But if you include the domestic abuse hotline she has hopefully accessed then an opportunity to call that. Yeah, okay. Um, Empower both the man and the woman with a godly vision of what a family can be. We talked about that a little bit. From a biblical perspective, paint a positive picture of mutual submission, which is exactly what you talked about there, and I think that's one of the most important messages we can give them because my heart hopes, my spirit hopes, that both of them are yearning even though they don't know it for a better, healthy relationship. Uh, Share the gospel if they're showing any interest in listening to it, and share it to both of them if they're willing to listen to it. We know it's the only hope for true transformation be sure the woman has your first name and number so she can contact you if you're the counselor would not share any private information like a last name or an address, yeah. especially when there's a violent person in the equation.
0: Yeah. And that's uh, just something to mention real quick. That's something we're very intentional about here in Charlotte uh, is when we give out literature, we always have a personal contact number there. Um, and we have, You know, a list, as you mentioned earlier, of resources, local pregnancy centers, things like that. But a personal contact number is important because of situations like this. When they can text us, they can reach back out to us. Now, we do in most situations try to get their number as well so that we can have a way to follow up with them, especially if they've chosen life. We're going to try to get their phone number. Yeah. In these situations, though, you're kind of leaving that ball in their court
1: yeah I mean, you can try to get their number, but m- make it clear, is it safe to call you right. and and according to the domestic violence hotline, it is not. They right. may think it is, but she said it's not, so be careful with that okay If the woman has expressed fear for her life or her safety, there is a time to call the police. yeah, if the man is there, uh, I did have to do that once. the man was was forcing her uh pulling her as she's screaming and crying into the abortion center. I did call the police and she actually told the police everything was okay and that's what sometimes happens
0: right yeah
1: do not drive the woman home do not take her to your home that's downright dangerous dangerous for you dangerous for her um don't give her your your address or your last name pray if prayer and the need for god to intervene is so important it it's of course always important but it is really important in in this situation because there's so much that we can't do seek to diffuse anger which is really important it's easy to get in the flesh and get angry especially when you see this kind of awful right. yeah. stuff going on but it is not a good it's not helpful not a good thing yeah. to be doing in this situation it's like
0: gas on the fire
1: exactly Um, if the woman is alone, be sure she has all the resources. If you're connecting her with a mentorship program, whatever you're connecting with her with, make sure she has all of that before she leaves you because you're not going to be calling her. You're going to count on her calling you. If you're connecting her with a mentor or there's people that are going to be helping her with any resource, be sure that she has their phone number and notify who all those resources don't call her. Yeah. Don't call her until she has called you and given given you permission or times when it's safe. And finally, our model is Jesus. Jesus was calm, confident, prayerful, truthful, tactful, kind, and direct. And so we are to mirror him. And I think that is true in no matter what situation yeah, we absolutely. face, but maybe more so in this than, than some of the others.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. So it's probably been pretty heavy. It's a pretty yeah. heavy subject. Yeah. It's a subject that we deal with. A lot of these hard case subjects are, are difficult to deal with. And so we certainly don't want to have you guys left with like, oh man, I hope I don't encounter this. Or if I do, I hope I can know what to do. Mm-hmm. God is our direction, right? He He right. gives us direction. Yeah. His Holy Spirit is in us. Mm-hmm. And so when you encounter situations like this, whatever the hard case situation might be, it's always important to lift it up to the Lord in prayer. God has yeah. far more wisdom than I do, than Vicki does, than the domestic abuse hotline lady does. Right. God knows. Yeah. Um, and God can intervene, and certainly God can save dirtbags, scumbags. Mm-hmm. He saved me. Mm-hmm. I was not an abusive man, but I had other sin issues that mm-hmm. were going on. And, uh, you know, God can save these women out of these situations. So we have to always bring God into the equation, bring the hope of the gospel in the in the equation. Um, so I hope this has equipped some of you guys that are listening. If you have suggestions for us, maybe you've dealt with a situation like this. You've been involved in maybe sidewalk counseling for a long time or in a pregnancy center for a long time, and you've dealt with situations like this, and you can offer us some wisdom. We certainly don't feel like we have it all together and uh, we probably only really scratched the surface here in this podcast of sure. some of the things that can be touched on. So reach out to us. Mm-hmm. I shared my email earlier, Parks at citiesforlife.com. She is uh, Cassiorg at citiesforlife.com. Reach out to us. If you have subjects you'd like for us to cover on this podcast and uh, maybe guests that you want us to interview, and bring on, we've done that in the past, we'd certainly be willing to, to, um, to do that. So reach out to us and... We'll put this article out on sidewalksforlife.com, sidewalks4life.com. But until next time, God bless. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude. I know it will cost me my life. Nothing's too precious since I met you.